The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. This is Free Time Tuesday on Emsolation with M. Rossiano. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is M. Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, a podcaster, and this is Free Time Tuesday. Oh, I know you missed us last week. I just felt like I needed to catch up on a few things and give the team Monday off. So many of you have felt let down. I really felt badly in the end. I think I spent more time with you online reassuring you that everything was okay than I probably could have just popped something out. But it's nice to be missed, I have to say. How are you? The live show is well and truly on sale and we're almost sold out. So do not delay if you are considering coming to see us live in Melbourne on December the 12th at the National Theatre in St Kilda. I would be getting those tickets today to be honest. Also remember, you can come by yourself. The Emsolation community is such that you don't have to have a friend to come with or if you're feeling like a night out on your own. Meetups are already being arranged, which warms my cold heart, I have to tell you, in the Facebook group. A pub has been named. You will be amongst family. You will be amongst friends. This is certainly an event you can come to on your own. And please do not feel self-conscious about that fact because podcasts are a funny thing, right? Podcasts are something that are very personal that perhaps you only listen to. You don't group listen. So to convince maybe your nearest and dearest who aren't podcast fans to come along to a live podcast, I get it. It might be a tough sell. I am here because... I'm here because I love being here. But I've got a few things that I wanted to kind of talk to you all about and pontificate on. And the first thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't really know how this is going to go because... I'm feeling a certain way about it. Wait, I've got to do a refresh. Hang on. Palette refresh. I had my first session in my assessment for autism and I really walked away kind of devastated. (laughs) I didn't realise how deep we'd have to go into things and also I think I'm still processing the grief around the ADHD stuff. And the autism is something that I feel a certain type of way around still. And I know that this is kind of my own internalized stuff. And I think, I know that I am autistic. I think in my heart I do, but also because I have found a way to cope and manage in life, And it hasn't been easy and I'm in constant turmoil. I'm a tortured work in progress. I feel like I don't have a right to claim any space in the autism world because, you know, comparatively to other autistic people, I have found a way, you know, to move about in the world. 
um, and it's the thing I'm going to, I think that I'm going to have to work on the most is shame around not being autistic enough or I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. And I think if you understand me, you'll get it straight away. My son is autistic and he is autistic in a different way to me. It's a spectrum, obviously. Uh, and he has needs that I, you know, as, as his parent have to work through with an occupational therapist and a nutritionist and all the things. But I also had to stop and consider all of Elio's needs are very similar to my needs, but I just learned to go without, to mask, to pretend like everything was okay, to mimic. And all of the things, because Elio doesn't have to do that, he doesn't feel the need to do that, he doesn't know how to do that, he's probably incapable of doing that. I just wonder wonder what would have been different for me. And then I start thinking, do I actually need this diagnosis? Because I found when I was sitting there with my psychiatrist, we talked a lot about how there's a rec- symptom recognition bias, how all of the testing still very much around the male presentation of autism. And honestly, you and he said, when you sit down and you meet me, autism is not the first thing. He said, ADHD, absolutely. But with your masking and, and the, all the things you've told me, autism isn't something we would go to. And I also know that a really high proportion of women who end up with autism diagnoses often are misdiagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which has very similar symptoms to female presentation of autism. So my concern with my psychiatrist is that he's going to try and apply the male presentation symptoms to me. And I've voiced this to him and, and he's going to work very hard not to. So I've been really working through that. And Elio has been having a tough time big feelings and I realised I didn't expect to cry because I'm about to talk about nachos. <laughs> Elio's starting kinder next year and I've stopped myself from thinking too far into the future with him because I didn't want to feel crushed by worry. I didn't know how things are going to go for him in a classroom setting, you know, in a, in a place where basically I'm not there to make sure everything's okay. And I've been doing his enrolment forms for kinder. Goodness, M, get it together. And it occurred to me suddenly that he's going to be going out into this new world that I won't be in. I mean, I'll be dropping him off and probably like hanging out front of the window and peering in and getting put on watch lists and being escorted off the premises. Like I imagine all of those things are going to happen. Totally normal. <laughs> but I realised it's kind of that next step because of the pandemic and because, you know, I've kind of orchestrated it. So we have a lovely nanny who comes a couple of days a week, but I'm usually pottering around the house while she's there with him just to give all of us a bit of a break. And I realise that this will be truly his own little experience away from us. And I don't know how that's going to go. And it's really like I it takes, takes all the oxygen out of my lungs when I think about it. But... We have to do it. And I know that he's going to be okay because Elio is autistic and Elio doesn't give a fuck what people think about him. <laughs> That's one of the things I know. Like I just know when he doesn't want to do something or something doesn't sit right, he certainly will not suffer it. He will speak it out very loudly. That is one thing I know that my child will always be able to say if something isn't sitting right with him. So... um that's what's been going on in terms of my ADHD. I feel really on top of it and I feel really good at advocating for myself and I'm confident in navigating spaces with it. I've put in boundaries around it and I no longer feel the need. I have to apologise for myself or the way that I move through the world. 
but the autism stuff is really knocking me about um, and I'll keep you posted because I know a lot of you are going through a similar thing either with yourself or someone you know. But I did want to give you an update on that. I do refer to myself as an autistic person. I have started living as one and openly stimming and, you know, I rock when I stim and I also do a thing where I touch my thumb and my, um, what's this finger, your pointer finger, <laughs> index. I run my thumb and my index finger together uh, and then I go through all of my fingers with my thumb. Um I have stims that I've like I hide under things and so I've started allowing myself to do that and also I've started outwardly expressing autistic meltdowns which you're about to hear about. So a lot of you will have seen the brief version of this story but I wanted to give the emsolators the full recreation of what is being referred to as the Nacho Saga. Friday afternoon, I was at Westfield Shopping Centre. I was in there grabbing a few things and I called my eldest daughter, Marcella. Hi, babes. What would you like for dinner? And Chella said to me, It's okay. I think I'll grab nacho ingredients on the way home. I feel like nachos. And I said to her, Oh, and something just bing went off in me and my safe food, delicious, cheesy, crunchy, hyperfixation, deliciousness, it just went off. That little segment in my brain was triggered. I said to her, mm. yes, count me in. I'd love some nachos. So now the nacho expectation has been set in my brain. Okay? It's there. It's like you're waiting to watch the RuPaul's Drag Race finale. You know what time it's dropping. You know it's coming. Your whole body now, its entire gravitational pull... Good luck. ..is around the fact that you will be eating nachos for dinner. And don't fuck it up. So I finish the shopping and, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just excited about the nachos. I'm just thinking about how I'm going to do it. What am I going to add? What kind of sour cream are we going to, like, do a little bit of spice? Are we going to make the homemade guac? Like, am I going to make, ooh, do I want to go really fancy and make some, like, uh, taco meat? You know, the Mexican spices, the old El Paso, this is the only type I eat because I am a basic bitch. So I'm thinking about it. Yes, I'm driving home. I start singing the nacho song. Nachos, nachos, I love my nachos. It's nacho, nacho time, nacho time. I get home and I go inside, plonk all my stuff down. And I sniff the air. Can't smell any, can't smell any spice, Mexican spices. So I go in the kitchen. I said to Scott, oh, Chella said she was on her way home with nacho ingredients. He said, oh, no, no, she just phoned. She's asked me to take her to the pub. So what do you mean? Yeah, her and Scarlett are going to go have dinner at the pub. What the fuck is hell? I said, uh, what, sir? But we're having nachos for dinner. He said, no, she's not going to go out for dinner. I said, oh, well, I thought we were going to have nachos for dinner. He said, no, nah, no, nah, but don't worry. Um, why don't you call her and tell her to still bring the ingredients home and we'll cook her? I said, yes, good, boom. So I called Chella I'm like... Hey, babe, can you grab me nacho ingredients, please? And then Scott yells out, and ice cream. And I said, Dad said ice cream too. She's like, yeah, sure, no worries. So Chella gets home. I'm following her on the maps. I, <laughs> I have an app where all my family members are attached to and we can see where each other is at all times. So I'm literally following my nacho ing and, and I'm looking at the map. And I didn't notice a stop off at the shops. And I thought, oh, 
Maybe she, maybe I missed it. Maybe I opened the app and she's already done the stop off. Oh, she's such a good girl. So I'm sitting there, I'm sitting in the lounge room, I'm watching the maps, I can see she's driving down the driveway, I leap to the door, I open the door, <gasps> and she looks at me and she gets out of the car and she's holding ice cream. But guess what she's not holding? She forgot the nachos, she forgot the nacho ingredient. She said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, Mum, I forgot. I said, what? Okay. And I start to feel, I start to feel things bubbling in my tummy and I'm just trying to gather myself. And I said to her, I'm really stressed because I really, like, you said that this was going to happen and now it's not happening. She's like, it's okay. Dad can pick it up for us. Dad's dropping me off at the pub. I'll make sure Dad gets you the ingredients when he drops me off. And I'm like, okay, saved, great. All right, just, it's fine, it's happening. So I go inside and I say, Scott, you're going to get the ingredients. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get the ingredients. Chella gets ready. They go to the pub. I have the shower. Nacho, nacho, I love nachos. It's nacho, nacho time, nacho time, yes. I put on my elasticated pants. I ready myself. I put Elio down to sleep. I have to lay down beside him because he has to have a hand on your back at all times. And as he's dropping off to sleep, I hear my husband's car come down the driveway. And I think, oh, my God, this is it. This is it. That's time. So I extract my arm out from underneath my child like a wild animal. I just slide it out. I'm fueled by nacho love. There's nothing I can't do. I can do this. Right. And I... And I, and I hop and skip down the hallway and I'm not chilling, it's not And I peer around the kitchen and Scott's just standing there eating ice cream with a spoon. There's no bags. I can't see anything in the kitchen. And, and everything, my entire world just collapses in and I storm back down the hallway and I slam the door. Thank God Elio didn't wake up. And I lay in bed and I cried. I cried and I cried. But internally this was happening. <laughs> I was just not okay. So finally, at about 11pm, it's too much. I have to eat. I have to. I'm so hungry. So I go down to the kitchen and who should I run into? My daughter and her friend, Scarlett, eating nachos. I said, excuse me. Where'd she get those nacho ingredients from? And to which my child replied, oh, dad got them for you when he dropped me off. I said, what, what? What do you mean? And, we, and then I marched, I stomped out to the lounge room and I looked at Scott and I said, why don't you tell me you got, why don't you tell me you got nacho ingredients? And he said, well, you came out in a huff and then you stormed off and I didn't think you wanted it. So I didn't tell you. I was like, you fucking walk on. <laughs> and th- in that moment, I completely lost my mind. I said to them both, you promised an autistic person a thing that is also her safe food. And you kept ripping that out from underneath me. And now I'm just, I feel so lost and I am free falling. And they were both looking at me and I said, I am having an autistic meltdown right now. And normally I would just do this by myself, like in bed, into a pillow, but I'm not doing that anymore. I need you to see what you have done and what happens to me. And they're both looking at me. So I went back into my bedroom and I slammed the door again. Thank God Elliot didn't wake up. And then I hear Marcella like slamming the microwave door shut, pressing the buttons. Then I hear the microwave on and she takes it out and I hear her storm down the hallway and, and she knocks on the door. 
very aggressively. And and I say, what? And she said, here, I made you stupid nachos. <gasps> I said to her, I don't want your nachos. I'll make it myself. So she storms back down the hallway, goes into her bedroom, and I get up and, I, and I'm, I'm like, and I yell out, I don't want anyone in the kitchen. I need to be in there by myself. So all the time Ellie goes asleep. I walk back down to the kitchen. I open the cupboard to make myself the fucking nachos. And there was no corn chips left. Nary a chip. Nothing. Just an empty bag taunting me. This sicko put the empty bag back. It's like, you know, when gang members, I don't know, they kill someone and then they leave it as a warning to the rest of the family. This is what she's done with my nachos. So I went and I knocked on her door very aggressively. Marcella, where's the corn chips? She said, I ate them all. (gasps) So then she opens the door and she comes out and she puts the plate down on the table. She said, here, have these. She said she didn't want them. And then goes back to her room. And I just looked at them and they were soggy. And I said, I don't want your soggy nachos. And so I went back to bed. And then I was just obsessed about the plate sitting in there. And then I was worried someone else was going to eat it. And then I was worried that the dogs were going to eat it. But I had made a stand and I was not leaving my bedroom again. But finally at 2 a.m., it was burning me. So I went down there and I got the plate of soggy nachos and I got my iPhone to And I sat and I ate those soggy nachos. They were disgusting. I cried. The salty tears did help somewhat to season them. But after being promised at 5pm nachos at 2am, finally I sat crying, eating them, which is perhaps the way nachos are usually consumed. (laughs) I didn't sleep. After rage eating my nachos, I went and lay awake till about 5am. Elio got up at 6. And then on Saturday, it was Michael Lucas's birthday. At a bowling alley. I hadn't had any sleep. And I announced to my family, because we're all going, it was a family day. And I said to everyone, we're all going bowling for Michael Lucas's birthday. And I'm having cocktails. And they all looked at each other because when I announce I'm having cocktails, they know. it's. <laughs> so we get to bowling and, I'm, and as soon as I walk in the door, I get an explosive period that leaks through the nighttime pad and the tampon I had in. I was wearing bright blue pants and I'm standing there and I can feel it trickling down my leg. And I said to them, this is because of the nachos. This blood is literally on me and on your hands because of the nachos. And Scott and Chella are looking at me and Scott said, what do you want me to do? I said, you need to go and get me some undies and baby wipes and more pads and tampons. So I'm standing in this very trendy bowling alley with half of the cast of five bedrooms. I made my daughter get me a margarita. I have period blood dripping down my leg. Elio's running around like a lunatic. And so I stood there and I scared. Gulled my margarita, no salt. And my husband reappeared. I followed him on the map. (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling you all, but I can. He reappeared 
and uh, he, God love him, he got the right size undies, organic cotton, thank God, because my vision is worth it. He got me baby wipes, organic, because he remembers, always put organic things near your vision. That's a little rhyme I've taught my daughters. And I was able to go in and clean myself up, new undies, whole new look outlook on life. I sat and I drank margaritas, no salt. Scott then took Elio home with my cella. I was out having the night of my life. It ended with me singing Madonna with Michael Lucas. So all's well that ends well. And that is what I got up to on the weekend. And you are now caught up. And I hope that you enjoyed the recreation of the Nacho Saga. Um, I don't know what else to say to you. Move on. Okay, Jella. Hey, that's it from me. Uh, we'll be back Thursday with regular programming. We have so much to talk about. I mean, I'm really angry with Rihanna. I'm really angry. And you'll all know why. And if you don't, I'll let you know more on Thursday. We've watched Harry Styles as my policeman. We have many thoughts. <laughs> I don't. I just, yeah. There's lots to catch up on. And again, please, if you're in Melbourne December 14th, I would really love to see you at the live show. I've so missed performing. We're going to be doing lots of songs. So um, get along to that. On our Instagram now, there's a handy little link, a link tree. You can click on it and it will take you to all the different ways you can support Emsolation and be a part of our community. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a catharsis. Oh, there's times like this I miss radio because I can't go on air and just purge. But today I purged and now we're going to go and edit it with sound effects. I'm going to go all out for you. This is going to be like a radio play. You just wait. I mean, you'll have already heard it. I'm talking, okay. I hope you liked all the sound effects I'm about to go put in. <laughs> Thanks, gang. Chat on Thursday. Bye. Free Time Tuesday on Emsolation is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted and produced by M. Rossiano. Recorded and edited at Down the Hill Studios by Ezekiel Finn. A brand new episode of Emsolation with M. Rossiano drops every Thursday, 6 a.m., only on Spotify. Mm-hmm.